Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Extreme sport. Driving to work shouldn't be. Reduce traffic fatalities and put your phone down. Visit h-gac.com forward slash pay the price for more information. The 790 Traffic Center brought to you by CarBingo.com. Sell us your car. This report is sponsored by Lowe's. All new spring deals are here at Lowe's. Save on the Cobalt 24-volt string trimmer and leaf blower combo kit. Now just $149. Lowe's knows spring. Lowe's knows home improvement. Offer valid through 517. Selection varies by location while supplies last. This is the Bobinator. Hey, it's the Bobinator. Good. Bob on Mayanovich. Listen to every game anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The Bobinator. Sport Talk 790. It's home of your rockets. Help the planet with a tip from iHeartRadio Earth. Education doesn't just take place in the classroom. There are many ways children of all ages can learn about sustainability and the environment at home. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash Earth for a list of resources, activity guides, and toolkits that are educational and fun for the whole family. Brought to you by iHeartRadio Earth and the National Environmental Education Foundation. To find more tips for smarter, sustainable living or to take action in your own community, go to iHeartRadio.com slash Earth. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KBME Houston. KTBZ HD2 Houston. And iHeartRadio Station. Evan Houston Astros. Do it again. Proud home of your world champion, Houston Astros. This is Sports Talk 790 from the CarBingo.com studios. What's next? Next up. Next up. Next step. Next step. Take the next step. Next up. Next. Up next. Next up. This team wants to be next. This is Next Up with Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see. What's next? Next. Off and running on a Wednesday morning. What's going on, H-Town? Stan Fleet holding things down here at the Sports Talk 790 Studios. Somewhere in between uh, a, a rained out, God let it please not flood, in between real Uptown Park and River Oaks. Stan Norfleet here, Chris Gordy to my left. There's Trey Campbell on the other side of the screen. Houston, thank you so much for waking up with us each and every weekday morning. Appreciate the fellas on the Sean Salisbury Show, Brian LaLima, Ryan Money alongside. We'll take you up until noon and get you over to... Matt Thomas, I believe Matt Thomas is back. He and Ross Virial will do their business. For now, we celebrate Chris Gordy because uh, our Astros, here Sports Talk 790, home of Astros baseball, but you already knew that. Astros surprised us last night, Gordy. When we signed off yesterday, many of you were just like me. Oh, hell. 
Shohei Otani is on the bump, and he's going head-to-head with our ace, Fromber. We th- we knew it would be a low-scoring affair, but a 4-0 undefeated Shohei Otani, many believe, as I do, the best player in baseball, would get the best of the Astros. And wouldn't you know, the exact opposite happened. I'm shocked. I'm happy to be wrong in this case because I certainly picked the Astros, excuse me, the Angels to win. But this was about the dominance of Framber Valdez. Gordy, would you have believed going into last night, based on how all the dominoes had fallen with the Astros, would you have believed that Framber Valdez would outpitch Shohei Otani? I mean, I w- it wouldn't have surprised me. Like, Fromber has, has been a dominant pitcher for the Astros many times in the past couple of years, particularly in playoff games as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's crazy. Like, the last couple of years, if you ask Astros fans who they wanted in a game one of a playoff series, Justin Verlander or Fromber Valdez, we would have taken Fromber because Verlander's been hmm. so up and down and inconsistent in the postseason. Fromber's been pretty damn dominant. And he's had outings like this. He had a lot of outings like this last year where he would go seven, eight strong of one-run ball. Like, holy crap. And, and that's where you see Fromber's got Fromber's that ace. Like, Fromber is that guy who can solidify your, your pitching rotation. And so I wasn't surprised by what Fromber did. I was surprised the Astros were able to get after Otani a little bit. So let's uh... – Look, do we have a cut from Fromber? Let, let me let me hear what's going on. Fromber was dealing last night. There was a stretch. Every pitch was in the zone in the sixth inning. 13 consecutive season high strikeouts as well. Uh, what is this now from him? This is... Uh, he struck out Mike Trout. This is where he... All right, let me hear that. Here's Fromber. Rocks and delivers the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He strikes him out to end the eighth inning. Fromber Valdez absolutely magnificent tonight here in Anaheim. From the there's guys, while I'm pulling up, I'm having some technical issues over here with my screen. Pull this up. Is, this is uh, he he was one. He was 12 strikeouts for Frombra. Mm-hmm. Eight, uh, eight innings, 99 pitches. There we go. Here we go. One run off three hits. No walks. 12 Ks. I mean, so he was one strikeout shy of his career high, which was 13. It's, it's as dominant as it gets, and he gets another win. He gets back to three and four. It's a shame he's got four losses because a couple of those losses were just were games where he pitched well, and he got no run support. You know, so it, mm-hmm. it's you know the record isn't always you know sometimes it's deceiving, but no, I mean it, it was huge. That's exactly what you needed. Ryan Presley, who we hadn't seen in a while, because oh welcome had back, same Presley. situation in a while. Yeah, he was great. Gets the job done, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, it, I'm looking at a text from my buddy New Orleans last night, six o'clock last night. He texted me, do I need to t- do do I ever need to turn even need to turn on the Astros tonight facing Otani? Like that, that's many how of us felt that way. We kind of were. Yeah, on. no doubt, and, and for good reason. So uh, we will get to Shohei Otani because there's a question I'd like to ask, you know, Astros fans. I know that may sound strange. Rubber match going on this afternoon out at Angel Stadium in Anaheim. Uh, that first pitch at 3.07. We will bring you Astros on deck at 2 p.m. So things got off a little interesting. Um, Bregman gets a hit. Uh, Bregman gets a hit. I'm like, cool. Jordan grounds it to the double play. This is around top of the third. I'm like, all right. So then Fromber, uh, he does give up the solo shot. That was his one mistake on the night uh, to Zach Neto. Zach Neto's first career MLB home run. Then we start talking about some issues on the base pass. Jeremy Pena, 
He almost got picked off. Well, he got picked off. The call got overturned. Then he tried to steal second with two outs. Come on, Pena. And then he gets thrown out at second. I'm like, damn it, Pena. We're trying to get some stuff on the board and not with two outs. Uh, Corey Jolks, top of the fifth. He likely would have had a home run. 372 feet. I saw Adam Wexler put a tweet out. That would have been a home run in 18 of 30 parks. Yeah, I thought it was out off the bat. I mean, it, it looked like it was good. I mean, look, the Angels made some great defensive plays uh, these last two games as well. I mean, they've robbed the Astros of some hits. So, you know, you tip your cap. But luckily, the offense did enough. Um, did not see an update on Dubon. Uh, he left the game with a hamstring. Yeah. It, it sounds like... So coming out of the box, he kind of was wincing. He said he heard it earlier in the game, and then he tried to push through, and then he was I'm trying really to yeah, get out to, to first, and he's like, nah, this one, he's trying to run it out. He said, this ain't going to work. So they yanked Dubon. So it's funny. Like As I saw that happening, I was on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I see our buddy Jason Bristol at KO2. You tweet out the video. They were doing a story at... Uh, Space Cowboys ballpark over yeah. in Sugarland, Constellation uh, something completely ball? different. And Altuve comes out and starts taking live BP from one of their pitchers. And he's what like, the hell was he doing? He's like, wait a minute. So they, he gets his phone out and starts filming it. But it was just funny because it was like the parallel. Like, oh God, don't now do Bonds hurt? To you see Altuve taking live BP, you're like, Jose, start you know, start ramping that thing up a little bit faster. Like we need you. So right, you know, I want to bring it back to, uh, and I think from everything that we hear. I heard Dusty Baker after the game on the 10th inning show. I heard Dana Brown with Sean Sarsbury this morning. Sounds like it's not anything serious, but I ain't going to lie to you. I don't know that they've told us the truth over there at Minute Maid on any injury other than Jordan. They told us in the spring. to keep it close to the vest. They told us Jordan in spring training. Don't worry. I'm not worried about Jordan. He's doing Jordan things Yet again. In spring training, they're like, ah, I'm a caller. He's got a little arm thing, you know. Yeah, they, yeah, I just don't trust them when it comes to reporting on injuries. Uh, speaking of Jordan, he gets another RBI. But from an offensive standpoint, and I do want to get back to the pitching because I, I think there's some other nuggets there. This essentially is all the Astros needed. And then Framba took care of the other part. Maldi, they say you can't swing the stick, man. So Astros with their second runner in scoring position tonight as Jake Myers leads away from second base. Three balls, two strikes to Martin Maldonado. That's ninth. Here's the pitch. Swing on. This one hit hard and deep to left field, going back on it again. And that ball is gone. A two-run home run by Martin Maldonado. And the Astros take a 2-1 to lead. What are the chances? Again, Shohei Otani, undefeated, on the road, Team on a three-game losing streak. Uh, Jose Abreu, everybody in Houston wants to bench him. I do think he needs to bump down out the order. Uh, the the magic of Mauricio Dubon. Jeremy Pena, eh. Bregman, the hell is going on with you? And of all people, the unlikely characters, it's Martin Maldonado. Yeah, I didn't have that one on my bingo card last night. Nobody but, did. You know, he'll he'll do that from time to time. He'll reach back and, and pull out with a home run. But it's just the problem with him is, you know, he's still batting 175 on the season. It's just too many 0 for 4 nights. And I heard Adam Wexler talk about this on the A-team yesterday. You know, he was saying at this point in his career, 
And Maldonado means so much to that pitching staff, right? I mean, the game plans that he goes through with those pitchers and all, his asset is behind the plate, not so much at the plate. But I think, as Wex said yesterday, he's to a point in his career where he should be, at, at worst, be splitting time 50-50 a week. Like, he should be your number two catcher, catching a couple days a week. But, like, whether it's Yanier Diaz, whether it's uh, Corey Lee, whoever, like, he should be splitting time with one of those guys, not starting five games a week. Dusty says we really needed this game, and it was a good day for us and a good day from Framba. Let's hear from the Astros' ace, Framba Bell. Uh, kind of like what always works for me, just the concentration to focus um, every batter, every pitch, even after the home of the error, just try to stay focused. Does facing Otani bring any extra adrenaline for you at all, or just is it any different than facing anybody else? Yeah, I think the adrenaline in the past would cause me to throw bad pitches and a lot more hits and things like that, but I think I just try to do the same thing that I've always done, just try to attack the hitter, just try to throw every pitch with intensity and just try to do normal. How did you mix your pitches up so well tonight? Yeah, I think I missed it up a lot. Um, you know, through my change of my curve with my cutter, my two seam, and I felt that I was able to throw my curveball in any count today. That was very nicely edited. That was through the translation. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> like, Wait, that's not how Fromber sounds. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Fromber kept the Angels off balance all night, mixing up the pitches he referenced there. Uh, throwing 99 pitches total, as you alluded to earlier. Gordy landing 75 for strikes. He attacked the Halos hitters with a repertoire. 32 cutters, 32 sinkers, 26 curveballs, 9 change-ups, netting 17 swing and misses. That's the best. Granted, my sampling of Framba Valdez on the hill is substantially less than most of you. That's the best. I've seen Framba pitch ever. It was his best outing, definitely, of the season. And what, what's so crazy about him is he's just, you know, Verlander, one of his big assets was he was just that inning eater. And and that's what, when you when you lose him and for agency, when you lost him to Tommy John a couple years ago, the immediate red flag is who's going to eat up those innings. And Fromber has just been that innings eater for you these last couple seasons for the Astros. What his last six starts, Fromber has gone at least six innings. Took yeah. it to eight last night, yeah, four, and they need that. Four of them, we pitched seven complete. This one was eight. I mean, he is just, he's that monster. And, and on days where, you know, you had to go to the bullpen recently. You know, I remember, you know, the other night, Hunter Brown leaves in the fifth. Um, you know, the question of, was Brian Abreu available? No, because he pitched the pre previous two days. Like, all these questions about the bullpen and, and overexerting guys and all this. You need that Fromber outing where he goes up and eats up seven or eight, and the bullpen's like, whew, all right, we got, a, we got a nice little night off here. We didn't have to do anything. There you go. Got to have that. So let's look at who else got something done, and then uh, I want to stay here. There's Bregman, two for four. Appreciate him yeah, on another, that. Another two-hit night for him. He's coming uh, around. Jordan doing Jordan things. RBI for him, as I mentioned. Don't even again. I go back to like men are on base. I don't care if it's one out, two outs, whatever. Don't like when are teams gonna start learning? Don't pitch to Jordan. Walk him. <laughs> Jordan is an animal. Well, like, this, that, dude, this dude. Uh, uh, by the way, Jordan leading uh, MLB in RBIs. Uh, as he should. Who else? Uh, Especially with rally killer Jose Abreu behind him. Look, I, this I don't thing, know why teams aren't going to start just walking Jordan. This Abreu thing, uh, and I need to get to this. Uh, I'm a little bit over. We'll come back on the other side. We'll put a, a cap on last night's performance. But I want to leave asking this question. If I told you the Astros could improve their roster... For the And we could continue this run, this six years that we've been on. We could continue this for another six years. But it came at a certain cost. Would you be willing to pay it, Astros fans, 
and Jim Crane. More Astros talk on the other side. It's Sports Talk 790 getting warmed up on a Wednesday. What's going on, H-Town? Best city in America. You know I say it each and every day. Stan Fleet. It's my man, Gordy. Make sure you take us with you at your convenience, on demand. That's where we are. The iHeartRadio app. Downloaded on all your smart devices for free. Take us with you to the gym, picking up the kids, running errands, whatever the situation may be. Maybe you're just working from home and you got one of the devices up. You want to go there and handle that business. Cool. You can also go to Sports790.com and catch us as well. Recapping the Astros' victory last night. They end a three-game losing skid uh, in a 3-1 matchup against what was previously the undefeated 4-0 was Shohei Otani up until he went against Fromber and the mighty, what do y'all call him, the machete of Martin. So give me the background on that because I saw it floating around on Astros Twitter. What's that about? I don't remember. Maybe it's because he cuts people down. He's good at throwing guys out. I, don't ah, I see what you did there. I don't there. remember the origin of the machete. Hey, hit up uh, me and Gordy and the, and the station at Stan Sportsman, at Chris Gordy, at Sports Talk 790. What's the deal with this machete and Martin Maldonado? What, 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 what is that about? So we're uh, putting the cap on it, and I wanted to get to a tweet because I saw this, and uh, you referenced him earlier. Our man Jason Bristol over at KHLU, he put into context this Jose Abreu thing. And I saw a nugget, and forgive me, I know this is great radio. Gord, if you see it before I do, please tell me. But he had a, a, something out there about, oh, here it is. Jose Abreu coming into last night, 35 games without a home run. The longest home run drought to start a season through the same number of games, excuse me, the, the longest drought to start a season dating all the way back to 2014. 35, now 36 games. The next closest, Gordy, is 2017 where he went 20 games before knocking in a home run. Now, Dana Brown said on the Sean Salisbury show this morning that he believes hits and home runs come in bunches. You just got to get that first one, and then it rolls from there. But he's not even making good It's not contact. even close. I mean, That's like, what I was getting ready to say, bro. How many times does he fall behind 0-2, swings and misses on strike two, and then on the next pitch grounds out on a slow roll, you know, grounds out on, a, on an easy grounder to third or short? Like how? And, and he's constantly coming up with guys on base. Chandler Rome had this. He said, Jose Abreu hitting cleanup for the 31st time in 36 games, grounded out with runners at first and second, one out, and Shohei Otani on the ropes. Abreu has taken 42 plate appearances with runners in scoring position this season. He's 9 for 39 with five singles, no home runs, and 13 RBI. So he's been a little productive. He's got nine of those 39, you know, he's got hits, and he's got 13 ribbies, so he's driven in some runs. But, man, you want that feared power hitter. You're coming up with two men on and one out? Man, go crush one. You're sitting there between Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. Like, you're in a primo spot, my G. Slide him down. I mean, that's... It, what else can you do point. at this we're point? We're to a point, and again, I get Dusty and, and the team. They love the lefty-righty, lefty-righty. No, we can't have Tucker right behind Jordan. The hell yes, I can. can. <laughs> yes, you can. The hell I can. And, and again, there's the argument, too, for, Tuck, for, for Abreu. Having him bat where he does between Jordan and between Tucker is, oh, well, the thought is they got to pitch to Abreu because they don't want to... 
you know, right. you got Tucker coming up. You can't just, you know. Okay, yeah. But pitching to him is working. Like, he's not doing anything. Right. So... And it's it's limiting opportunities for Tuck, if you want to look at it from that way, right? If Tuck was a little bit higher in the order, even by one spot. So, look, I trust Dusty to be able to make the requisite uh, modifications and adjustments. I just wish he'd hurry up. That, that's the thing with them. And right, wrong, or indifferent, they're all, they always are going to not overreact. It, it's baseball. It's 162 of these. They're never going to react, overreact to what we see in a five-game sample size. They're going to let things play out for a month, usually. It's 30. No, and that's what I'm saying. 35 like, games. Now it's, it's, it's about that time. Like, if you wanted to 36 be patient, games. oh, just give Abreu some time. I think we're to the point now, no, we've given him time. We're approaching a quarter of the season that has already been played. Yeah. I just, I think you move him down. Uh, obviously, you know, it seems to have helped Pena a little bit, batting him lower. But then you just start to get to a rut stand where it's like, all right, I'm putting all my bad hitters at the bottom. Like, where are my good hitters? Like, if everybody's sliding down to the bottom. But, again, you know, hopefully you get Altuve back and Brantley back here soon, and uh, that'll kind of help some things. But Abreu's got to play. I mean, he's he's the guy you paid a three-year deal for to be your first baseman. You hope he's just going through a little rut and he's going to get it figured out. But I just can't have him keep coming up fourth every night and, and not producing. And he's not facing Shohei Otani every night, so we can stop that, too. There are some excellent pitchers in that league, so I don't want to be dismissive of that. But it's not like he's being fanned out by the best of the best of the best. Right. Now, you mentioned the contract for Abreu. Mm-hmm. I want to transition and ask Houston this, and we'll take your calls on Astros 713-212-5790. Shohei Otani made history last night. Uh, when he fanned Jeremy Pena in the second inning for his 502nd strikeout, passing Babe Ruth's 501 Ks. According to Elias, Otani and Ruth are the only players in Major League history, 500 strikeouts, 100 homers. You hear me say this a lot, and I said this during the World Baseball Classic. Shohei Otani is the face of baseball globally. He's getting ready to get a massive I mean a stupid, massive. The contract Shohei Otani is getting ready to sign will be the largest contract ever doled out in North American sports history. You're talking about half a billion and more. Here's the thing that bothers me, and I've been sitting on this article for a couple days, and I was saving it for, obviously, the Astros and the Angels playing this three-game set. Uh, Let me see who the author of this article is, because I really want to pose a thought. This is uh, Kylie McDaniel, ESPN MLB Insider. And the article says, Shohei Otani's free agency contract, excuse me, predicted by MLB Insiders, Gordy. And there are 26 individuals here, ranging from insiders, former players, analysts, reporters, so on and so forth. So it's a pretty detailed article, and for the sake of time, I'll just get straight to it. There are a lot of ways you can structure this contract. You can provide fewer years. Hey, Shohei, we'll give you $60 million for five years. Over five years, completely guaranteed. You come back to, because what is Shohei? Shohei's 28. I think Shohei's, tw- yeah, 28-year-old. So, like, yo, you can come back, and then you can go back to the to the drawing board and get another contract. Who just did this? Uh, didn't Tatis just do this? Or uh, Manny Machado. One of them two just did this same thing. Yeah. They had a 10-year, $300 million deal. They got halfway through, and they came back was, and signed another 11-year yeah, deal for another $300 million. So that's the notion here. Here's the thing that bothers me. 
and, and again, I'm trying to wrap it up. There are teams associated with the pursuit of Shohei Otani in this year's free agency. The usual suspects, Yankees, Dodgers, uh, the New York Mets and what Cohen is spending up there. The Seattle Mariners, San Francisco Giants, they're the Chicago Cubs, and the hated Texas Rangers. Traditionally, a lot what a lot of those teams have in common, those are teams who overpay for people. They're just known to spend a crap ton of money. And those are teams known to win a ton of bleeping games. Well, so Astros have won more than all those teams. Well, so. recently they have. Histor- Last seven years. Yeah. Historically, those brands get busy. Now, people going to say the Cubs, the Cubs got their title, and we know what that now, was. Yeah. If, you know, One and done. They had that. Fine. My point is... Jim Crane, hear me and hear me well. <laughs> Dana Brown, I wish I could have called in or bumped into the studio during the Sean Salisbury show. Ryan Money, I wish I had come in here because I'd have told Dana Brown, you had better start thinking about what your best offer is for Shohei Otani. And don't tell me about we don't do this and we don't do that. Patrick Mahomes ain't even through his damn contract yet, and the Chiefs are already talking about, yeah, we got to redo his deal. Why? Because you're talking about not just a generational talent. You're talking about an all-time great in the history of the sport talent. Shohei Otani, you know, I granted he doesn't have the team success, but in the individual sport, what else do you want him to do? Jim Crane, for the love of God, man. You got Luis Garcia that's going to have Tommy John. You don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. I like what I'm seeing from Framba. That's great. Christian Javier got his money. Cool. And I know you got all these young guys. Hunter Brown. And I like what I saw in J.P. France in one start. And we'll see what B-Lack can be as he continues to get his reps. But why are the Houston Astros not mentioned in the teams that are hell-bent on going to get this done, Gordy? Because they're smart. Because they don't give out 15-year contracts or 10-year contracts? It may not take that. I just said it may be a bleep ton of money over five years. I just think you glanced over too quickly that the Astros have won more games than any of these teams in recent years and have had more postseason success. You know, what, the what's the, the problem? went to a World Series 2009. I mean, it's, Answer me this. Who prints more money than the Yankees in this game? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, if you if we want to just market and, you know, have big stars and be on SportsCenter every night. The damn Brandon yeah. on the side of the Minute Maid Park says. for World Series. It says, ready to reign. I'm right. sorry. Can Shohei Otani help this team, this healthy he organization? Can, but at, can he help them? But at the detriment of. You're getting two players for one contract. Right. You're getting an elite but, bat and an elite arm. But then you. Like you're not going to be able to afford. Right, I won't be able. To, I won't be able to afford Jose Abreu. Bye. Well, but I that's... won't be able to afford Kyle Tucker. Kyle, you my man. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, that's For Shohei Otani, okay. I'm going to move some people on this but roster. You, then you, but that means you're going all in on one. And it, and, it, and it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I still have my rotation. So Otani becomes the ace. Frama goes to the two. Javier is the three. Urquidy, some combination of Urquidy, Hunter Brown, and Christian and um, uh, Luis Garcia become the five. So now I'm back to being plush. Okay, what are we talking about right now? Where are the bats? 
Don't think Otani Otani does not have an issue with his bat. And then what happens when Altuve goes? Hey man, you gotta pay me. You're selling him. Altuve. Alex Bregman's gonna. I'm sorry. Altuve. He's 28. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Otani. Otani's 28. Altuve, you're closer to 38. There's no better example of the Los Angeles Angels having the two best players in baseball, Shohei Otani, who plays multiple positions, and Mike Trout. And they still can't make the damn playoffs. Because, so imagine if you took that talent and plugged it in this culture. And what I'm saying is, in this team, then you can't pay the Tuckers, the, the Altuve's, oh, no, the Bregman's. No, 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 wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all tell me, every time I cut on this microphone and talk about the Astros, y'all tell me, oh, well, we thought we couldn't survive without Springer. We did. We thought we couldn't survive without Correa. We did. We thought we couldn't survive without Verlander. We did. Cole, we did. Gurriel. All these people you keep naming. So if you find young guys that are coming, Yanir Diaz, maybe Corey Lee, I mentioned Hunter Brown, maybe Mauricio Dubon is a dude, Jeremy Pena is not getting paid right now, Jake Myers, you're out there in center, you're making no money, Jordan Alvarez is going to be here. So what I'm saying is, why are we so dismissive, some of us, most of us, in Astros Twitter world, why are we not engaging the idea and putting pseudo pressure on Jim Crane Man, make an offer. Try and get a deal done. Because here's the thing: they can make an offer, but it's still not going to be high enough. Why do we? How do we know that? Because I, you know, how do we know that? Because the the Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees, these teams will overspend just to win. Like their country club elite, they sit around their country club and they go, they just want to. They're like the A and M boosters. They just want to brag they got the guy. No, they want to win. Winning. They want to win. Well, I know for the Yankees clearly want to win. Want to, but I mean, the Mets clearly want to win because you don't spending. Nothing's happening. You don't j just because you're spending the money doesn't mean you're going to win. The hardest part is to ignite the culture. The Astros have the culture. Now go get the dude. And you can't tell me, Jim Crane, yes, it's going to take a lot of money to sign the player. Guess what signing this particular player is going to do to the Astros brand globally? You're going to print Otani merch. You think you got a sellout problem now? The wait list is going to be stupid. The price of the suites goes up. The price of the parking goes up. The concessions goes up. Everything changes. Shohei Otani is a baseball economy onto himself. It is literally having LeBron James. Literally. And it bothers the bleep out of me that I appear to be the only one around here that wants to sign him. Now, I understand, Gordy, it's unlikely. But damn it, we do radio for two hours a day. <laughs> we can all dream. Listen, and I'm sorry. Does the Houston fan base, I, I don't know. I was at the Toyota Center working when an Asian generational talent showed up in Houston. And the and the Rockets printed a bleep ton of money. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kaz Matsui. This is Sports Talk 790. I'm way <laughs> over my time. Y'all give us a second. Catch my breath. We're right back out of here on Next Up. along here on a Wednesday morning, May the 10th, 2023 is the date. Staying Northly, hanging out with my man Gordy, hanging out with you, Houston. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your weekday morning. Hump day it is, and I uh, appreciate you helping us maintain our status as your home for Houston sports. Get involved with the show by tweeting us at Sports Talk 790 or by giving us a call, 713 212 5790. Finishing up some convo on the Astros uh, victory again over the Angels last night out in Anaheim. 
early game today. Again, first pitch at 3.07 at Angel Stadium out in Anaheim, California. And uh, this will be obviously the rubber match. We'll see if uh, the Strolls can take care of business and, and get a series. It's been a minute. Astros haven't won a series since April 24th, 25th, 26th versus Tampa. Should have brought Adam and Adam in with us today. They get the day off. Oh, they do? Yeah, they do. Real make that a rule. They game, games where your show is completely interrupted, you got to go hop on another show. you got to go on your paycheck. Yeah, you would be talking to the big bosses about that. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. We then pivoted to Shohei Otani, and I get it. it. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying that Jim Crane is going to do it. I'm not reporting that. I'm not just talking something that I don't believe. I believe, and it's a problem for me. And again, speaking of our hosts, there's uh, one of our hosts that is on my text line right now. You are high on Otani. No chance, no way, no how. My question to this gentleman would be, and we want to move because I got to get to the NBA. My question is just simply this. Why, as a baseball fandom, are we allowing an ownership group to say, we're not even going to present a compelling reason? Now, it is believed that Shohei Otani, based on the reports, would prefer to stay on the West Coast, quicker and easier for him to get over to the to Asia. You know what I mean? Like, it's a deal. Now, the Rangers... Oh, and there's another thought. I knew I had one more. So, it is likely that Seattle, we saw them pay... Uh, why can I not say his name? Uh, uh, they paid him from the Yankees. Uh, Robinson Cano. Yeah. They paid Cano years ago, big money to lead the Yankees to go to Seattle. No yeah. state income tax in the state of Washington. And he, and he was shooting needles in his ass, yeah. He got his money. So the Anaheim Angels clearly are going to make a play. Dodgers are going to make a play. It is believed these 26 MLB predictors, they said it is likely that the Dodgers will win the bidding war. However, he is considering other markets, middle of the country, Chicago. Do you consider, though, Otani's 28? Like, it's, I mean, he's very much in the middle of his prime, but, like, yeah. you give him a 12-year deal. You really want that guy? Like, when he's 40, he's not going to be. Well, I, I think there's one he, way. He probably won't even be pitching then. He'll just be DHing and hitting. Okay. I'm just saying that's this, this got to take that into This is not Albert Pujols. Again, I repeat. This Could is be. this is two players that you're getting. So in other words, he's taking up one roster spot. How many years do you think he can do both though? Cuz this let's is a rare. Let's say he does both for another 5 at this level. Okay, cool. So now here I'll pay for that. All right, cool. So give him 5 years at 65 million dollars well, a year. He won't play for that. We don't know that. Like you're you're hung up. You don't know what it would do because because oh, all the agents say no. They damn the agents. Ten year deal. I'm looking at the report because it's about the guaranteed dough. So like the report is 26 baseball people said here are some different models. Some of the models range 10, 11, 12 years. Some of the other models are like six, eight years. So regardless of what the re the number is that goes across the screen, it's about what is the guaranteed money in hand. I know how the baseball money works. But he can go back to the table and maybe another team's like, we'll take it over. Bottom line is, I just struggle with the notion of being in a city this vibrant with sport with a player like that being available. And people just like, oh, well. It'd be great to have. It's, again, it's just the price of paying poker. And you pay the ticket because. Like the Rockets, it'd be great to have LeBron, but. Like, then, then you pay the freight. If LeBron, if you're gonna, if LeBron, but if LeBron said I'll only come on a ten-year, fifty million dollar a year deal, would you pay that? Otani is worth it. Jim Crane, are you in the business of winning games, and more importantly, yes, making, we've been doing nothing but winning games and making money. If you want to generate, that. 
if you want to generate global revenue, then you sign Shohei Otani. Ask the Rockets how the Yao Ming thing works. Well, and, and one of our listeners said, he, he responded, this is straight factual. He said, depends on if Crane could get an awesome TV deal, then we could be in on everyone. Um, that's the other thing. I mean, the regional sports networks seem to be going away. So how do they monetize that? And then on top of it, yeah, I mean, if you, you have a Shohei Otani on your team, you need to work out TV contracts overseas so all of Japan can see him play. Yes. The, like, Jim Crane will make the money back while still giving his team an opportunity to win. And this is the last point that I have on that. During the NFL draft, y'all told me, if you pass on Bryce, I said they should select CJ. It just so happened that's how it worked. Stan, if you pass on Bryce and Bryce ends up going to the Indianapolis Colts, or if Bryce go, or if you don't, if you get the pass rush at two and you don't get the quarterback and CJ ends up going to Nashville, going to the Tennessee Titans. Stan, you don't want somebody in division because it can come back to haunt you. Shohei Otani could end up in Texas, or I should say in Arlington. Shohei Otani could end up in Seattle. Shohei, I'm sorry, in um, Las Vegas, if they get this thing worked out with the A's. Shohei Otani. Like, do you really want him around the AL West? You really want to deal with that? Well, Stan, we beat him last night. Well, yeah, it's true. You did. That was his first loss. He also set a record on our butt. Doesn't it feel like, though, he's not going to stay? Like, staying with the Angels, I think, is off the table because they no, couldn't they, come they, to some kind of agreement. The report so. is that he's still considering it. Yeah. I, I feel like the likelihood right now is he goes to, and look, in a perfect role for the Astros, he goes to either the Mets or the Dodgers, and we don't have to worry about him until potential World Series, so. It just, there are certain players, and the same thing, and I'm going to do a pivot. Let's see, do I have time to do this? I don't, because I'm already over. We'll come back. We'll do this, because I want to get on the hardwood, because the, the, the same energy or lack thereof that I'm feeling about this Otani interest is about how I feel about the Houston Rockets and Wimbayama and a lesser version of what that could be here in Houston. There's Wimbayama News. Will we see him here stateside sooner than many expect? I've got intel on the other side. Sports Talk 790, name of the show is next up. Sports Talk 790, wrapping up hour one of this fine program. Thanks to all of you that support us each and every day right here. Chris Gordon and myself. Name of the show is called Next Up. We're happy to be a part of making uh, making your day a little bit better. Making your day. Uh, I hope you're staying dry, staying safe, uh, being informed is what I can what I want to say. If I can get it out, Gordy, uh, hanging out again up until noon, and then we'll have the Matt Thomas show. He and Ross Villarreal. Matt Thomas is on my text line right now. Uh, he and I, per usual, <laughs> have some differing opinions on this show. Hey, Otani deal. Uh, I enjoy Matt Thompson. He's fantastic. He and Ross Villarreal at what they do. Otani, generational in his own right. So is another young man. He's 19 years old. He plays basketball in France. Uh, some of you have yet to uh, learn how to pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> his name is Victor Wimbanyama. Yeah, there's a there's an M, then an N, then an M. So Wimbanyama. Thank you. Or you can just call him Wimby. 
as he will appropriately be named when he arrives in Houston. I will say, uh, bonjour, Monsieur Victor. How are you? That's what I will say. <laughs> you sound like Perot, one the year, old investigator. One year or one week from today, Stan, we will know. The lottery is next Tuesday night. It is. When we come in a week from today, the yep. show next Wednesday, we will know what pick the Rockets have. So, uh, Wimbenyama is in the news because the NBA yesterday sent out or notified us of the 78 or 79. I just had it up and I, I lost it. Here we go. The 70 some odd. 78. 78 prospects re released on who will attend the NBA Draft Combine May 15th through the 21st in Chicago. Who will not be in attendance? One, Victor Wimanyama. He don't need to go to that. Why will the seven foot two forward slash center, averaging 21 points, 10 boards in 31 games? Because his current Metropolitan's 92 team, they're going to be in the postseason. So he's going to be over well, there. Even if they weren't, he wouldn't need to come over. I mean, it's like Bryce Young going to the combine. Hey, Bryce, let's measure you. No, nah, man, I'm good. You sure? Yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm going yeah, number one. We, so we know you're good. sure. Uh, the Combine will, however, host most other top-end draft prospects, including Scoot Henderson, G League Ignite, brothers Amen and Asur, Asur Thompson from the Overtime Elite, Brandon Miller of Alabama, Jairus Walker, University of Houston, of course, and Cam Whitmore of Villanova. So, oh, Mark, yeah, Mark, Marcus Sasser and Jairus Walker from U of H going. That's good. So, I guy, was wondering how many U of H guys would be in there. So, 78 dudes. There's another name in there. I think there's one more. Uh, I could be mistaken by that. So, anywho, that's that. That's the draft combo. Doesn't need to go. Fine. But I did see this article I've been sitting on. Jeremy Wu is uh, he's an analytics guy. He's an analyst. And he writes for uh, draft stuff for ESPN. And the title of this article, real quickly, is How Victor Wimbanyama Would Fit on the Houston Rockets. This is a question many of us basketball purists, I don't want to say that, uh, basketball enthusiasts, we've asked, how's this going to work? Because when I go to the games and I look out there on the floor of the Toyota Center, I didn't see a ton of chemistry, continuity, organization. It looked like a bunch of young, skilled dudes trying to figure it out. It looked like glorified AAU to me. I want to be a bit more respectful, but I'm also in entertainment space. And that's space. why Steven Silas is... Uh, no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, he is going to be somewhere else coaching on the bench. Thank you, girl. All right. How does Victor Wimbanyama, uh, Jimmy Wood say, how does he fit in here? He says, by adding Wimbanyama, the Rockets could become one of the league's most intriguing rebuilds if they get the right offseason breaks. The question is, how does Wimbayama plug into the stylistic synergy with Houston's other young players and the talents and styles vary on paper? I remind you, Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason just days ago were announced uh, second-team All-NBA rookie team. Congratulations again to those guys. Rockets will have to solve problems of meshing the skill sets already present on the roster. Green and Porter ball-dominant young guards. Promising big man Alperin Shingun. His passing skills might be better optimized with ball movement, and they need to do more to carve out some space for Jabari Smith Jr., last year's number three pick, to get him some shots within the offense. Gordy, again, I'm up against it, but they essentially continue to say, it's like, look, how, who's going to play what? Like, there, there's not enough balls for everybody to get a touch here. So who becomes the odd man out? 
I've, you know what? They said the same thing in Golden State a few years ago, though, and they figured it out. I mean, when they brought, Did they? well, yeah, when they remember when they signed Kevin Durant, it was like, well, Kevin Durant, you already have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all these pieces. To be fair, veterans that had already won a title right. before Draymond showed up, so the culture was already established. Well, that's why where I, this is building a culture. That's why bringing back Harden makes sense. Bring back Harden, let him kind of hey, I'm gonna let y'all young guys eat. I'm gonna distribute. I'm gonna lead the league with 17 assists a night. I'm going to feed Victor. We're going to feed Jabari. We're going to feed Jalen. If they got to trade Jalen Green, they can. But it was funny. I already saw there's there's photoshops going around of the f- starting five of the Rockets. Uh-huh. And there's Victor next to Jabari with Shangun in there. Yeah, that's and your then, front court. And then uh, Harden with Jalen Green. So what you going to do with Porter? You going to just make scoop? You going to put him on the bench? comes off the bench as my sixth man or I move him. Wow. So the article, again, I, I did a terrible job in trying to manage our time here. But it says, look, Shingun would presumably be the center because Wimbenyama doesn't want to play center. So Shingun would presumably guard stronger fives, let Wimbenyama operate in his natural role as a four, which pushes Jabari to the three. If you push Jabari to the three, he's going to have to not only he's going to have to defend other threes. But he's also going to have to continue to develop. And, and he was blossoming. He was growing. In that role, there's questions on the immediate passing chemistry between Wimbanyama and at the end of the day, essentially, they said if you start him alongside Shingun and Smith in bigger lineups, it might create somewhat of a developmental hurdle with Jabari Smith more than anyone else. So are you willing to add Victor Wimbanyama if it compromises the development of Shingun and yes. or yes. Jabari Smith. You don't have to finish the answer, the question. Yes. He's a generational talent. We'll build around him. Shingun, you don't like it? We'll move you. Like, sorry. This is the guy we're building around. Uh, it says if, they, if they're able to put it together, Wimbanyama and this young core, does this equal a playoff team? Jeremy Wu of ESPN ends by saying... But these things, these things tend to take time. Even the most if I could talk, transformative talents tend to need an adjustment year before their teams take a leap. To add a quality veteran player or two to the mix here in Houston could certainly be a different story. But as currently constructed by adding Wimbanyama, the playoffs still seem like a tall, short-term task for Houston. I don't know that I believe that. I think if you put Wimbanyama out there and Ime Udoka is who we think he is, this thing looks a lot different. Well, Detroit's gushing to put him next to Jalen Duran with Kate Cunningham. Oh yeah. yeah. So we'll see there. I'm Let's, just I'm trying to temper myself, Stan. No, I'm I putting positive get, vibes. We're gonna pray for Victor. We're putting positive but, vibes. We're going to speak it. I read somewhere one time that life and death was in the power of the tongue. I can't quite remember where I read that at, <laughs> but I saw that out there somewhere. Well, I'm gonna go watch the Brandon Miller film just in case. I'm way over school Henderson. I take him too. So we're gonna step aside right now. Uh Gordon and I are gonna pray for Wimanyama some more, and we'll come back. We'll go down to Tuscaloosa. What are we getting exactly? And Will Anderson Jr. and Henry Toto. Let's get Texans talk going. Let's go back to where they played the collegiate ball at. This is next up on Sports Talk 790. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, what's next? Next step. Get the next man up. This is Next Up with Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see what's next. Next. We are off and rolling. Hour two it is here. The show's called Next Up, your home of Houston sports. We are the Mighty Sports Talk 790. Stan Norfleet, go by at Stan Sportsman on social media. He is at Chris Gordy. Appreciate all of you hanging out as we talk some strolls, some NBA, and some Rockets. For now, rookie minicamp at the end of the week here in Houston. And uh, I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but this new head coach, yeah, he, he used to put on the crimson and white down there in Tuscaloosa, a place I know well. Took a visit down there myself. We also like drafting guys from down there in Tuscaloosa. So I thought, who could I call? I reached out to my man, Charlie Potter who's on the 24-7 beat down there covering all things Crimson Tide football and basketball. Speaking of Brandon Miller, we welcome him into the program for the first time. What's up, Mr. Potter? How you feeling today, Charlie? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, bro. So let's do this. Let's start right there. Um, the term Bama culture is something that we talk about a lot in, in the football sphere. Uh, from the professional ranks. Nobody drafts more guys from Bama, as you know, than Nick Saban. Here's D'Amico Ryans and, and really Nick Casario over the last two years. We now got four guys, including Mechie and Christian Harris, that are on the roster. What makes guys from Bama so attractive to NFL evaluators? What is this culture in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, I mean, I think just from an NFL standpoint, I mean, Nick Saban spent time in the NFL. Uh, he runs his program in a very professional way. I think guys are prepared uh, for the league. But you know, at Alabama, um, you know, they recruit top athletes year in and year out. I mean, you're going to be hard-pressed to find an Alabama class not ranked among the, the top five or at least the top two, really, uh, each year just in terms of recruiting halls. And so when they get those elite players on campus, then they develop them. They've been in a system that runs a lot like an NFL franchise. And then, um, you know, they, they're playing against elite competition, whether it's the SEC or, you know, most years the college football playoff. And then they go on and they get drafted. And you're right. I mean, Alabama's had, um, I think 123 players drafted during Nick Saban's tenure. 44 of those have been first round picks. That's absurd. Um, that's, that's yeah, absurd. The, the numbers. You just you start spitting out some of the numbers sometimes when it comes to the things he's accomplished over this tenure, and you just you find yourself, you know, not believing what you're saying just because they are crazy, like you say. But yeah, it's I think it's just kind of a step by step process in terms of they recruit well, they develop those players, and they turn them into pros. Charlie, let's talk about the guy the Texans traded up for. And there's been a lot of discussion. Did they give up too much? You know, what are they getting in Will Anderson Jr.? And obviously, this is a guy who was a freak two years ago. Took the entire SEC by storm. Was a monster. 17 and a half sacks. Last year, still very productive. Not as monstrous as the previous year. 10 sacks. But... You know, for anybody who watched Alabama games, you saw a lot more double teams. You saw a lot of teams running away from Will Anderson, just trying to avoid him. But what did you see from Will Anderson, and why were his numbers maybe not as productive in year three as they were in year two? Yeah, year two was uh, an all-world year. Uh, he was he's pretty unstoppable. And I think, you know, anytime you have a season like that, you're going to garner attraction from 
opposing offensive coordinators, you know, maybe let's avoid number 31 at all costs if you can. And uh, I do think you're right. Double teams came into the, uh, the picture. Alabama also dropped him into coverage a little bit, which I don't think is his strong suit. I, I don't think that'll be something we see a lot from him. Now he can do it, but uh, Alabama did a little more than maybe uh, probably even Nick Saban uh, would have liked. And I think, you know, um, they had that, that cheetah package where they tried to get three uh, outside linebackers on the field at the same time, and it didn't really work out that well. It was an idea, good in theory, but it wasn't executed that well. And so, um, yeah, it was a little bit of a down year for the defense, a little bit of a down year for Will, but he still had a great year. I mean, heck, he cleaned up shop when it comes to the national awards, and I think a lot of those kind of looked at the big picture, what he's done over the course of his career, and a year where he is getting a lot of attention from uh, opposing teams. He's still able to register double-digit sacks. You know, he's near the top of nearly every um, disruptive play category in the SEC. So he still had a fantastic season, and he was a huge leader for this team uh, as well. Uh, you know, he was that as a sophomore, really. But um, he was really the identity of the defense. It was a zone setter, and um, I think whenever you're talking about a team trading up to take him, uh, you. You're doing so knowing he can be kind of he can be the face of the franchise on the defensive side of the ball, and just that guy that he's going to come into work every day, and um, nobody's going to question, you know, what his motives are, why he's there. He's he's is going to be very evident because Will's just a tireless worker, and um, you know you don't get to see a ton of him from a media standpoint, but being uh, a big name player, he came up plenty, and he's just. Anybody that is around him, um, you leave with a positive feeling. He's going to have that kind of impact. So uh, I get that in right now it seems like a lot, and maybe you know you could have another high pick last year or next year. Who knows how that turns out? But to be able to get kind of face of the franchise players on both sides of the ball this year when you're bringing in a new head coach, I think that was kind of a no-brainer for the Texans. Charlie Potter of Bama Online 24-7. If you know from me with that operation uh, at 24-7, they do a great job covering the landscape, college sports, uh, recruiting, and the like. You guys do a really good job. Charlie's nice enough to join us. He's on the Bama beat down in Tuscaloosa talking Will Anderson Jr. And so uh, I I want... We could talk all show about Will Anderson Jr. because there, there's another aspect to his game. I hear people talk about, hey, can he hold up against the run at his body type? And I'm like, yeah, don't know if y'all been watching Tuscaloosa players. Dudes on defense, stopping the run is not really something they have an issue with. It's just one of the things that's intrinsic in their DNA that's saving. I'd rather pivot and go to somebody that has not gotten a ton of conversation, but someone I think could be uber valuable in time. Henry Toto was selected by the Houston Texans. Did that surprise you where he was selected in terms of a draft round and then locale of where he was selected? What are we getting in Houston with Henry Toto? No, um, I wasn't surprised where where he was drafted just in terms of uh, what round he came off the board. I think Henry was um, a player that came in and people, Alabama fans especially, hadn't had a lot of good things to say about Henry Toto because they're used to kind of this physical, um, you know, heat-seeking missile of a linebacker. And Henry flies to the ball. He makes plays. But he's not just like a – he's not a Reuben Foster type player. But the thing that he doesn't get enough credit for is the intelligence that he brings to the table. What kind of 
knowledge he has of the defense because you know he's coming in as a transfer from Tennessee and now he's coming from a, a program that was set up similarly under Jeremy Pruitt, but he comes in right away and is your Mike linebacker. He's a quarterback of the defense because he's a smart, intuitive player and he spends time, you know, breaking down film and you know learning all the things he needs to know. I think his knowledge and willingness to do that is beneficial at the position he plays. Um, he actually is, has experience with Christian Harris too. I think that's a plus. Um, you know, they're really good friends. I think, you know, Christian was one of the first people that called in. So I think familiarity with, uh, Christian, uh, with probably D'Amico and the mindset that they share. And I think just his ability to recognize things pre-snap, get guys lined up is beneficial. I think, you know, he can, um, he can continue to improve as a player, certainly. Uh, but I think, for one, the, the thing that stands out for him first and foremost is his intuition as a player. And uh, if you're going to be the signal caller, you know, making all the, the decisions on that side of the ball, at least on the field, um, you know, that's, that's super important at the next level. And I think Henry doesn't get enough credit for that, like I said. And uh, yeah, I think I think D'Amico um, and his his background, uh, I think he appreciates a player like that. Now, would you want somebody to be able to? make plays sure and i think henry can do that but his strong suit is just his intelligence on that side of the ball uh real quickly want to do a rapid fire and get you out here on a couple of these uh john matthew the third looks like he's recovered not only from the acl uh but also the, his bout with uh leukemia there he's been on the field for all of the otas thus far the last time you saw him, what type of ceiling do you think he could be for Houston on Sundays? And then also Christian Harris. Is this a guy that could look up and is he a 10-year type of player or is this a guy that has a specific skill set? And Just kind of projecting those two guys and what they can be in a D'Amico Ryan's defense. I think with, with Mechie, um, you know, it sucked to see him go down with that injury in the postseason. Alabama uh, lost both of its wide receivers in that postseason when they lost the Georgia in the national championship game. But you know, John Mechie was the security blanket for Bryce Young the year he won the Heisman Trophy. And, um, you know, I, he stepped into the leadership role, that number one receiver role, um, you know, his last year. But really, I think Mechie really started to separate himself the year that Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy because Jalen Waddle went down with an injury early on in that season. And Mechie kind of stepped into that number two receiver role and he finished just short of a thousand yards in a year where uh, another receiver opposite him is rewriting the SEC record books, and so um, I think that's when we first got our first glimpse of what he could be. And he turned out to be a hell of a player before he got hurt and ended his career at Alabama before turning pro. Uh, so I think healthy, further removed from that ACL injury, and it's good to see him back on the field after his bout with cancer. Uh, I think he can be a, a really serviceable pro. Um, for the Texans. And then Christian Harris, uh, you know, he's a guy that you know, he's only, you know, you're still counting on one hand how many years he's played inside linebacker because at his high school, he was a defensive back. And, you know, Alabama saw him more of an inside linebacker. That's where he moved to, um, started as a true freshman, started for three years before turning pro. And, you know, he's an athletic uh, linebacker, you know, obviously coming from a background as a DB and I think playing some receiver and uh, some returner as well. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that flies the football. And um, I think it's just continuing to get comfortable in that position. And the more he does that, I think the better off he'll be. And I think he has, 
you know, long future in the NFL if he continues on that trajectory and continues to learn that position and get more comfortable with it. Charlie, can't let you out of here without asking you a, a college question on Alabama. Uh, they've come, gone through the spring, and for the first time forever, it feels like at this point in an offseason, Alabama doesn't know who their starting quarterback is. They brought in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, some familiarity with Tommy Reese there, but uh, Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, I mean, we expect Bama to be back into the national championship playoff picture again this year, but what is going on with their quarterback? Yeah, it's, uh, it's still up in the air. I think that Alabama exited the spring with, with Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson, and you know, Nick Saban felt there was a need for more competition in that position, so they went out and got Tyler Buckner. And you know he has familiarity with Tommy Reese coming from Notre Dame. I don't think he's guaranteed to to win the job. Now, you know we've looked at what Alabama's done in the transfer portal in the past, and a lot of times they go out and get guys that can make immediate impacts. We just talked about Henry Toa Toa, uh, Jamison Williams, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you can just run down the the list, and most of those guys do come in and and are starters. But at the quarterback position. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. They're going to have summer seven-on-sevens and then preseason camp will ramp up at the beginning of August. And um, at that point, you're going to have to start you know, dwindling down reps because it's tough to split first-team reps between three guys. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And I think this thing can linger into you know the season because Alabama opens the year against Middle Tennessee at home before hosting Texas in a big game across the country. I know a lot of eyeballs are going to be on that one. Um, but it's a situation where we've seen this before. Uh, you think back to 2011 when uh, Greg McElroy had, had moved on. You had A.J. McCarron and Phillip Sims were battling for that quarterback position, and Alabama had a, a week two game against Penn State where it entered that kind of wondering what the quarterback situation was going to be. So I, I think it can linger a little bit longer, and um, I, I do think, though, Alabama has the horses around the quarterback to, to run the race and win it, but uh, it's going to be really important for that guy that's you know, calling the shots back there and distributing the ball for him to not only be able to make plays but take care of the football. And I think all three guys that are kind of at the top of that pecking order, you know, they have some work to do in all those departments. Charlie, we appreciate it, brother. I'm sure we'll be talking to you down the road if we're fortunate enough to hear from you as we get closer to college football season kicking off. Please, Houston, go follow this man at charlie c-h-a-r-l-i-e underscore potter yeah like that potter like my man harry charlie underscore <laughs> potter he's at bama online 24 7 appreciate you dropping by the show man thank you you be well yeah no problem guys thanks for having me take care all right houston we continue texas talk because gordy is all up in arms about a recent list and how these rookies that we just spoke about will anderson jr henry toto and others how the prognosticators are saying they will or won't impact this 2023 Texan season. More Texans talk coming up on the Mighty Sports Talk 790. Welcome back to Sports Talk 790. Name of the show is next up. I happen to be the show's host, Stan Norfleet. Go by at Stan Sportsman on social media. To my left, he is at Chris Gordy. Of course, we are at Sports Talk 790, talking some Texans draft selections out of the University of Alabama. We were nice enough to hear from my man, Charlie Potter. He's on the beat down there uh, for Bama Online uh, 24-7 down there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, 24-7 is actually the group. You guys know that. You follow their material from a recruiting standpoint, and they're all over college football as well. Spoke very highly 
of Will Anderson Jr., as well as the leadership, the intangibles, the uh, IQ of Henry Toto. And he feels like Christian Harris can be a contributor to what D'Amico wants to build long term. And we hope that John Mechie, the third, remains healthy. Specifically to these guys that got drafted, these nines that are coming to Houston uh, on Friday as uh, minicamp begins. Gordon, there was something in the news, and I'll let you set this up the way that you want to because we've been wanting to do this for about two days, and we keep getting sidetracked with the Astros when they weren't taking care of business. Yes, we will talk NFL scheduling here in a little bit as well, but there was something about these, this rookie class for the Texans that just got you all in a tizzy. What was it exactly? Yeah, Chris Trapasso, who I, I traditionally I like, like his yeah, stuff like on CBS Sports, he did a top 10 uh, ranking for the most impactful 2023 NFL draft classes for the upcoming season. Okay. And he's got the Colts at the top. Okay, that's fine. You feel really good about what the, the Colts did in the draft? Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing this thing. We go on down. He's got the Steelers at number two. He's got... Hold on. Well, you went from 10 to 2. Well, I'm, I'm going from top to bottom because we already told you who the number one is. Colts, uh-huh. number one. Steelers, number two. Seahawks, number three. Packers, four. Lions, five. Bears, six. Bills 7, Giants 8, Broncos 9, Chargers 10. Where the hell are the damn Texans? I, like, if we're talking, if the genesis of this is, of this ranking is, and I'm reading it from Chris DePrasco's article, ranking the top 10 most impactful draft classes, which team's draft class will have the greatest impact this incoming season? How do the Texans not have the most the, you know, one of the classes that will have the most impact this season. And how do you put the Colts number one when everything they've said is they, of all people, don't want to start Anthony Richardson week one. They want to start Gardner Minshew. And look at the rest of their class. So the Colts ended up last week releasing Nick Foles. So it's going to be Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson. They did draft Josh Downs, the wide receiver out of Carolina that I like. But the rest of these dudes... I mean, these are obviously draft-caliber players, but these dudes aren't moving the needle other than Josh Downs. So I, I don't understand. Let me read the rationale. I don't want to read it aloud, yeah, but I'm Julius just trying Prince to— Julius Perrins Darius Rush, I'm sure we'll compete for a corner spot. But like Will Mallory's at, a decent tight end, okay. But look at the Texans' class. But now, to your point. So I look at it, when, and the word that you brought up that, that triggers me is impact. Right. C.J. Stroud, likely a starter. Will Anderson Jr., starter. Juice Scruggs in the second round. That's three right Likely there. a starter. And we can't even go as far stand to say that if Juice Scruggs ain't the starting center, maybe Jared Patterson from Notre Dame is. Perhaps. One of those guys probably going to be your starting center. Tank Dale, we don't have anybody on the roster that play. does what he does. He's, He's going play. to be impactful. I'm looking down here. Uh, okay. Henry Toto, maybe not so much. Oh, Xavier Hutchison, wide receiver Ohio State. What does this team need? Xavier Hutchison, if he's worth his salt, now he's going to have to compete for that fifth or sixth wide receiver spot. He's going. He's the guy that's going to get some touches. Yeah, Iowa State. I think you said Iowa. Iowa what did I say? Ohio. Uh, Iowa State is what I'm trying uh, to say. Thank and, you. and I even like some of the some of the undrafted guys that they. I mean, Ollie Gay. I think is a, has a oh, chance guy, to, to yeah. let's see what he does throughout training camp and preseason. Now, to be but, fair, they're saying these are all draft picks. They're referencing specifically yeah, draft true, picks. Yeah. But like, even still, Will Anderson Jr. is going to play day one immediately. The center is either you know Juice Scruggs. I think we feel pretty good about saying he'll he'll plug right in. Yeah. And CJ Stroud. Like, even if you're just going quarterback. C.J. Stroud's going to play before Anthony Richardson, I believe. I just don't understand, just on a baseline. We've got two picks in the top three in the draft. 
and our class that like that automatically catapults you into top ten most impactful rookie class, regardless of whatever the hell you do the following uh, and the subsequent like rounds. He, he put the Broncos on here, and they took more. Like first, they didn't even have a high, they didn't even have a high draft pick. They didn't have a first rounder. I think they had to trade up to even get into the second. They got Marvin Mims, but like look at their receiving core of Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, like. Marvin Mims going to play that big of a role in year one in Denver? And the Drew Sanders at linebacker, I like. He'll play some off the edge. Riley Moss at corner. But, like, you think the Broncos' rookie class is going to be more impactful than the Texans this year? That's it's ridiculous. Absurd. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd. So, listen, uh, here's why I'll let Trapasso off the hook. Not all lists are created the same. Um, I think you have to look at it kind of tongue-in-cheek, so to speak. And I'm just like, look. The Texans, and then look, you got to look at the situation. The Texans addressed what they needed to address. They doubled down on the interior of the offensive line. Check. They needed an elite pass rusher. Check. Quarterback position. Check. They doubled down at the wide receiver position. Now, there's still more work to be done, but they doubled down at the wide receiver position. Check. You got to add special teams, culture guys. I don't know. Brandon Hill out of Pittsburgh in the seventh round. He may not make the roster. He's probably a practice squad candidate. Here's what I do know. He was the fastest safety at the combine at 4-4-3, and he has a reputation for hitting your ass. I'm willing to bet he can help us on special teams. Where Frank Ross, Coach Frank Ross over there at the stadium, he does a really good job. I bet he can use a young safety like that. And Henry told Toll's leadership, his toughness, he'll be a special teams contributor as well. I don't know how you come away from this Texans class, and I'm looking at something right now, also on CBS, real quick, Gordon. Now, this is overall free agent. Uh, 2023 NFL offseason grades, ranking all 32 teams for draft picks, free agent moves, and trades. The Texans came in at number nine. They were the highest ranked B classification. B is in Bravo. Like they checked the boxes that you needed to check. I don't understand how anybody could look at that draft class and go for the Texans. There are ten classes better than this. Yeah, and again, they don't understand the context of what Casario and D'Amico were doing. Let's be fair. I mean, he says impactful. He's got the bill or the Lions on here. They drafted Jamar Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs probably going to play a lot. He's going to play a lot. He's going to. He's going to. So maybe that's what he's looking at. Is like who's going to be statistical? But like, even if Stroud starts all year, I guess maybe he thinks he's not going to be impactful because he won't be good. I I don't know what the reason. I don't is. understand either. Uh, now that that's crazy to me. And I go impactful right now for defensive rookie of the year. Will Anderson is a landslide favorite. So when you talk about impact, if we just or you go Jameer Gibbs, I go Will Anderson Jr. Right, And then, to your point, since the Texans did double down on the interior of the line, Trapasso may be thinking, like, how impactful the box score stuff. Centers and left guards aren't going to be impactful. Staying your special teams crew is not going to be impactful. So, really, he's talking about skill positions and guys that can fill up the stat box. Okay, Probably. again, I come back. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Tank Dale. Those three are going to play a lot. Yeah, more than the Giants. The Giants are eighth. Deontay Banks, the DB, uh, the center, Michael Schmidt, John Michael Schmitz, and wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Like, okay, it's the same as the, the Texans with their top three guys. Like, if anything, they would, the Texans should be right there at eight. 
You were triggered by Chris Trapasso of CBSSports.com and CBS HQ. You were triggered by his rookie ranking list. I was triggered by Peter King, the great Peter King. I hadn't got to this yet. His Football Morning America power rankings are out. Yeah, y'all going to want to hear this, Houston. Am I going to disagree with Peter King? More to come right here on Sports Talk 790. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're within 10 years of retirement, listen up, because I... of HTX. What's going down, man? The show's called Next Up. We are 25 minutes away from handing you over to Matt Thomas, who is back in action today. He and Ross Villarreal will take over these two seats, Chris Gordy alongside. Appreciate you guys for supporting us uh, via the social media sites at Sports Talk 790 on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Facebook, all the things, as well as Sports790.com. Uh, and by the way, let's do this because I want to make sure I get this in also. Let's continue to support AM radio. We are an AM station here in the Houston cluster of iHeart. We have several AM stations. You can tell Congress that you want to maintain access to AM radio stations in your vehicle by texting the letters AM to 52886. It's a very simple process. It will alert our local congressmen and women that no, tell those eight automakers they can keep AM radio in the car. I was going to use some other expletives. Want to move? Uh, Peter King is somebody you talked about. Chris Trapasso of CBS uh, HQ and CBS Sports. He does a great job uh, during the mock draft season. He's all over it. He does a really good job covering the league and covering the draft. You and I are in agreement. He didn't even have a Texans draft class ranked in the top ten most impactful classes. I think that's absurd. Just based on what the Texans did Thursday night with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. Immediately, those two guys are going to provide impact. So I, I took a little bit of issue with someone that I also revere. I know you give him a ton of credence as well, Gordy. Peter King of Football Morning in America, formerly of Sports Illustrated. He does a power ranking one time in the offseason. After the draft, after free agency, after all the trades, he goes, here are who the teams are, and here are the tiers of the teams that I think get busy. And I'm like, okay, Peter King, I value what you think. Hit me. Who do you think has good rosters? Who do you think can be competitive? So on and so forth. So let's get into the tiers. I wanted to do this on Monday, but I got sidetracked by the Astros. He says, can't find a weakness tier. Gordy, he lists one team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute. <laughs> and they just lose a Super Bowl? They just lost Super Bowl, although it was a competitive game. No weaknesses. Game. No weaknesses. Uh, they had to talk Jason Kelsey, their all-pro center, into coming back, as they did with right tackle, all-pro Lane Johnson. Both of those guys are fantastic, but they are long in the tooth. And, oh, by the way, they lose Javon Hargrave. 
Now, they add young pieces, Jalen Carter. We know that last year, Jordan Davis, a former Georgia Bulldog and first-round pick. So they've got some young guys, but those young guys haven't proven to be as impactful as Javon Hargrave was. I remind you, a year ago, Philadelphia Eagles had 70 sacks. Oh, by the way, Jalen Hurts got paid. Oh, by the way, Miles Sanders isn't there anymore. So, like, let's see. I don't know about that. Now, at the least, can we say Kansas City, and I can't believe it. He doesn't have Kansas City in Tier 1. How do you have Patrick Mahomes and you're not in Tier (laughs) 1? And you just won the Super Bowl. I don't understand. So, I won't go team by team, but the second tier is they've got Super Bowl vibes. Kansas City, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Buffalo. Uh, now, let me go back up to Philly. I'm sorry. You lose your offensive and defensive coordinator along with the players that I just rattled off, and you're in a tier above everybody else? Me no think so. That second tier that I just rattled off, they've got Super Bowl vibes. D'Amico Ryans leaving San Francisco along with Bobby Slork and a couple of those 49er dudes, you don't think that staff, Gordy, is going to be impacted? Yeah. No, they will. It's it's silly. You're You're like... It's like you're ignoring everything that's happened this offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play there anymore. Your two quarterback options are Brock Purdy, who had offseason elbow surgery or something. He said he's not sure he when he's going to be able to go. Like, like, and Trey Lance. I think Peter, Peter. Oh, that's right. You have Sam Donald. I think Peter King wrote this article back in January. It's like, before, like Peter King. Like you're ignoring everything that's happened. What are we? Departures of coordinators, departures of free agents, draft picks. Quarterbacks. What yeah, are we doing? This is, this is silly. Unbelievable. All right, let's go down. Next tier, they're on the border. Detroit is at six in his power rankings. (laughs) Uh, Did they make the playoffs last year? No. No, they did not. They ruined the Packers. They did have. The Lions did an 8-2 and record after Halloween. We know what they did, preventing the Packers from getting into the postseason. So I understand. Dan Campbell, they're building something there. Okay, but uh, you lose DeAndre Swift, you trade him. I get it. DeAndre Swift lands in Philly, so he makes up for the Miles Sanders loss. And Jamal Williams. He went to New Orleans. Jamal Williams is out. So comes rookie Jameer Gibbs. We don't know what he's going to be, although he does have Alvin Kamara vibes. So, okay, I get it. And David Montgomery yeah. has been a serviceable David back. can't stay healthy, Montgomery, yeah. Baltimore Ravens at seven. Miami Dolphins, you're putting your faith in Tua. I like Tua, but yeah, it's it's tough. No, I'm going to be serious here. Tua Tungabailoa has not finished, or let me not, that's not fair. Tua Tungabailoa has not started and finished a complete season in his football career. College, pro, hadn't seen it. So yeah. it's going to happen this year. You know what they did to address the backup spot? They had at least a serviceable backup last year, Teddy Bridgewater. Do you know who their backup is no now? No clue. Mike White, oh, the dude from the Jets, Jeez. that like, like you know, two is going to miss some games this year. That's only your old Mike White. I'd have drafted a quarterback. I'd have drafted Will Levis. I'd have drafted somebody that has some promise that can play a little. Unbelievable. Uh, at the ten spot in the, they're on the border. So tenth in Peter King's power rankings, the Dallas Cowboys. I actually. I think that's about right for Dallas. I'd have them ahead of Detroit, though. Oh, for sure. But I'm oh. saying in that they're on the cusp. Yeah, I'm like, all right, they won a playoff game against a decent Tampa team last year, and then they got beat up by San Fran for the second year in a row. We all know this. Who's their starting running back week one? That's a great question. Pollard's not going to be ready. Pollard's not going to be ready to go. That's that's a really good question. I think in some world they bring back Zeke on a reasonable deal, 
and it's just they, they, they keep the ball rolling. They drafted Deuce Vaughn in the later round. He's not going to be And they brought over Ronald Jones. who Ronald you know, Jones, okay. okay. Eh. All right, here's the, here's the category. Uh, if all goes right, Giants, Seahawks, Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings, Los Angeles Chargers, Pittsburgh, the Cleveland Browns, and the Tennessee Titans. If all goes right, the Tennessee Titans are beating somebody. I just don't, I don't understand. Cleveland, I can buy. Pittsburgh, eh. The Chargers, I can buy. Stop tell, Minnesota, I can stop buy. Stop telling me on Justin Herbert, and you're going to put him in, in, if all goes right. If all goes right, the Giants are a better team than the L.A. Chargers. Stop this. He's got no. the Giants at 11, the Chargers at 15. He's got the Giants at 11, even though they did beat Minnesota last year. He's got Minnesota at 14. So we're halfway through the teams, and I still haven't heard Houston yet. They've got holes. Vegas, the Patriots, Green Bay, Atlanta, Denver, and New Orleans. Denver? Atlanta at 22. Atlanta got a lot of holes. New England at 20? You're right. We still haven't heard the Texans. New Orleans has more of their holes filled than Atlanta. Under construction. Number 25, Carolina Panthers, 26, AFC South, Indianapolis Colts, Washington at 27, Rams at 28, Chicago at 29, Houston at 30, just ahead of Tampa Bay. Here's what Peter King says about Houston. I don't think a team with the presence and ethos changing ability of D'Amico Ryans and the playmaking ability of C.J. Stroud can be the worst team in the league. No, Peter, you just believe they can be the next to worst team in the league. Well, third. He's got Tampa and Arizona. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed Arizona down there at 32. I'm thinking about the draft at 31. So you got, I'm sorry, the third best, the third worst team in the league. (laughs) Houston ain't better than Chicago. Is Tampa really going to be that bad, though? Yes. You lose Brady and you add Baker Mayfield. You still have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I'm sorry. Houston is better than Chicago. I'm willing to say Houston is better than Indianapolis. I believe Houston is every bit as good as Carolina, and I think Houston is... We don't have an Aaron Donald. Every bit as good as Washington. But this current Rams team that don't no longer has Jalen Ramsey, that no longer has... Like, they've lost so many Von pieces. Miller, gone. Ramsey, gone. They still got Cooper Cobb. Leonard Floyd, gone. Depends what you think of Matthew Stafford. Eh? They're going to try to bottom out, I'm telling you. They're, they're going to try to tank this year. It just... It threw me for a loop, man, when, when I saw that. I, I expect better for Peter King. And Washington ain't got no quarterback. And not, exactly. Now, Sam Howell is a, is, is a player. Like, I think there's something there. but I, I just, He is a breathing human being, yes. He's not in Davis <laughs> to you. He's not in Davis Mills territory. He's a taxpaying American, yes. We're out of here. We step aside. We get ready to hand things off. And uh, NFL schedule. That will be the conversation tomorrow. There's already been some leaks. Let's go around the league and see what we see. Get ready to hand off to the Matt Thomas Show here on Sports Talk 790. Get money. Get money. New money. What's going on, H-Town? Get ready to sign off here. Name of the show is next up. Wrapping up a Wednesday edition. And want to do something special for the good people of Houston. You deserve that. Gentlemen. Shall we give away some tickets? 713-212-5790.
Where do you want to send me, Stan? I want to give you a pair of tickets and send you over to the Toyota Center. What's going on, Fleet? September 24th, comedian Burt Kreiser. Yeah, you know, he's the white guy, stand up. He's really funny. I saw some clips. Actually, I wanted to hear for myself. He takes his shirt off. He does a shirtless thing. Yeah, he's got a new stand-up special, his fifth. It's called Razzle Dazzle, currently on Netflix. He provides himself in being shameless and shirtless. He's going to do a whole bunch of anecdotes on bodily admissions, being bullied by his kids, and the explosive end to his family's escape room outing. A noted storyteller of the generation, Kreischer seamlessly and sincerely shares anecdotes about his family and fatherhood. Call 713-212-5790. You'll talk to Trey. Trey's going to get you a pair of tickets. If you can't get tickets by winning them here, Tickets are on sale at AXS.com. So that's that part. You guys uh, enjoy that. All right. Each NFL team's biggest social media influencer. Who is it for the Texans? It, it was Jonathan oh, Owens. Jonathan he's Owens. Even, yeah, he's not on the roster anymore. Yeah. That's right. Did you want to get in the schedule on... Uh, yeah, we'll talk. We're going to find that out tonight. Yeah. Tonight's Wednesday, but they'll... Oh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's a special. They're, 7 o'clock, NFL Network and some other outlets. But there have been some leaks. They're giving us crumbs. Let's discuss the leaks. So I told you guys yesterday how it was going to work. Uh, some highlights. Not everybody has promised to get a national televised game. Some other highlights. It's no longer the road team determines the network. It's a free-for-all. So we learned more today. And this is... What am I looking at? Let's go right here. So, international games. You've got Falcons-Jaguars at Wembley Stadium in week four. You've got Jaguars staying in Europe. First team to stay back consecutive weeks. Mm -hmm. So the Jaguars are just going to be in Europe chilling just move for there. two weeks. What Just move there. What are we doing? We keep going and playing all these games in London every year, and now you're going to stay for a whole week and play back-to-back -back games? <laughs> just stay there. So here's the thought that I heard this morning. The thought is, well, first of all, owner Shad Khan of the Jacksonville Jaguars has a heavy interest. I think he actually paid for and owns Wembley Stadium, if I understand that correctly. So he has, and Jacksonville's been going across the pond for years. We know that. The problem is you can't just send one team over there. You'd have to send two, and then there's some discussion about how would that rotate from a scheduling standpoint. Do I believe in our lifetime, Gordy, God willing, will we see an, an NFL team abroad? Probably. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Is that going to be Europe? Is that going to be Canada? They keep going, uh, speaking of international, they keep going down here to Mexico. Mexico City's going to get one. Uh, let me read these other international games. So you got Jags, Bills in Tottenham Spurs Stadium. That's in week five. The next week, week six, Ravens, Titans. <laughs> Suck it, Titans. That also was at Tottenham Spur Stadium. Week Hotspur, yeah. Totten, what did I say? Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I just go by THS. <laughs> That's what you call it? That's what it, when you're what it says. Yeah, THS, yeah. <laughs> uh, week 9, Dolphins Chiefs in Frankfurt Stadium. Week 10, Colts Patriots also at Frankfurt Stadium. What have oh, you yeah, noticed? What have you noticed about that international schedule I just rattled off there? Well, it's, it's again, the NFL constantly pushing... Like testing the limits and seeing, like I think it's safe to say, Stan. Within the next decade, I won't say five years because I think that still is a little quick. It's early, but I think within the next decade, we will have a team in London, we will have a team in Germany, 
maybe one in France or Spain if one of them steps up to the plate. The dudes, I'm just telling you, the guys on the field are going to hate that. Well, guys liked NFL Europe. NFL Europe was a thing when I was right. coming up. I was not fortunate enough to go to Europe due to injury, but it was a thing. I know a ton of guys that played over. Guys in NFL Europe, they loved it. The problem is when you start getting into the money, like trying to bring the money home, it's taxed differently. Guys, you know, you go over there, you play the game. Do I have a bye week when I get back? Well, you got to work out where there's not a competitive disadvantage, and there are going to be some folks that have an issue with that. But specific to the schedule and what I just outlined, Jaguars have two games across the pond. The Titans have one, and the Colts have one. The Texans, the only team in the AFC South that does not have an international game Good. this go-round. I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm not tripping. I, you heard me yesterday. I hope the Texans don't have a single nationally televised game. You're building a culture, <laughs> D'Amico. Stay low. Stay low. They're going to get one. And when people look up, when people look up, they'll be like, oh, the Texans have built something. Yeah, now we're on your ass. But until then, stay low. So don't let gonna, people know what's going on. Sneak up on people. Sneak up on people. I think I think they're going to get at least one. It, it, maybe not a Monday Night Football. Oh, definitely not Monday night. But I think a Thursday. Well, they put bad teams on Monday night sometimes. I think. Well, we saw yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday we discussed it? Maybe I read it. I don't know that we got into it. Uh, somebody on NFL.com ranked the top 10 games they'd like to see. Right. And coming in at number 10 was Texans, Panthers, yes. Bryce, CJ. I think that has a chance. Like, why not put that on Monday Night Football? Even if you think the Panthers and Texans are going to stink. People will tune in to see C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. I ain't putting that on now, Monday Night Football. Now you got to put that like week eight or nine because nobody wants to watch Andy Dalton versus Case Keenum yeah, in week one stinks. or whatever that is. But yeah. like later in the season, I would schedule that game. And uh, I, I think that would be a tricky. If anything, that's a Thursday night game. Speaking of, well, not Thursday, but Friday. We know what the Black Friday football game will be. That's another nugget. This will be the first time the NFL will go head-to-head with the NBA. Typically, you start thinking about Christmas time, that's NBA dominant time. Well, no, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. Why am I thinking right? about? I'm tripping. So that's normally what am like, I thinking about? That's what, normally college football what territory. Are, that's also true. But what am I thinking about? Christmas. It's called what is the sale call? What's the what? I'm bugging. You shop for Christmas, Black Friday <laughs> coming off Thanksgiving. My holidays are running together. Brave I'm fart. bugging. Black Friday, uh Miami. Dolphins at New York Jets, Friday, November yeah. 24th. That courtesy of Prime Video. I'll be watching college football. I'll be watching Stop this too. Stop invading on college football turf, NFL. Know your role. Also, we got one more. Uh, this leaked as well. December 31st, New Year's Eve, an AFC Championship game rematch. You'll be watching this one, Gordy. Your beloved Bayou Bingo himself, oh. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes get it cracking. Well, what's the pl- what's the college football playoff games this year? I uh, don't know. Is that New Year's uh, Eve or New Year's Day? I forgot. You had it the other day. It'll That's be a- Alabama, Georgia, NFL, Ohio State. Stay on your own. Stop spreading out your damn games. They want more. What do they call it? Uh, market share. They want more money. market share. And they want more money, too. All right, we've done what we need to do for today. Matt Thomas is in here cutting down lights. He's cutting off TVs. He's pointing at clocks. Matt Thomas, you're going to have plenty of time. <laughs> Gordy, good stuff out of you, Trey Campbell. Appreciate you. Houston, thank you again for allowing us to be your home for Houston sports. Each and every day, the same thing for me. God willing, let's do it again tomorrow. Enjoy your lunch. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.